we will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ is here. I must be the greatest. The champ is here. I'm going to continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I will I not, not lose. lose. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you were here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. MH. Yes, yes, he is the DB of the show, and we're black in sports, giving a voice to the culture that won't shut up and dribble. Uh, here, interviewing the best professionals in the game and in the boardroom, covering it all, laughing it all, while providing a platform to be heard. So, right about now, man, we got young money in the building. All right, we got uh, my man rocking. Uh, a lacrosse middle fielder, man. So he's going to have to get a, get in here and let us know about the games and how those positions change, man. But he is also the owner and head of marketing of Bandit Sports, all right? So a member of the Uganda men's national team. So please clap it up for our guy, Yosef Ngoe. Let's go. Hey, yes, sir. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you for Absolutely. having me. Absolutely. All right, man. So we jump right into it, man. We didn't waste no time. So how we start our show is a shoot your shot moment. All right. So this is where we say, all right, Joseph, what did you do to either bet on yourself, go for it all? And it could have been a good outcome or you could have fumbled the bag. But either uh, just give us a shoot your shot moment when you bet on yourself. OK, most deaf. So basically, you know, in the lacrosse world, there's not a lot of brothers out there. You know what I'm saying? So. I already knew it was an uphill battle for me making it to the Division One level. And when I tell you the amount of people that told me, like, you are not making it to the D1 level. You're from Atlanta. You're a black kid. Like, you don't got the stick skills. You don't got this. You don't got the money, this and that. I moved across the country to Boston my freshman year of high school because my dad moved up there. And I was like, hey, I saw, I saw my sister. She had committed to the Naval Academy to play goalie. And I was like, I ain't gonna let my sister be the only D1 athlete in the in the household. Uh -uh, that can't that can't go for that. So I moved up to Boston <laughs> and I, I bet on myself up there. You know, I was working I was working like a dog, you know what I'm saying? And I actually got I got cut from my first club team. I got told by my club coach I wouldn't make it to the division one level. Um, but I still ended up, you know, betting on myself. I went and got a visit down to Mercer University down in Georgia. That's where I'm originally from, Atlanta, Georgia. Loved it down there and then ended up landing my first division one offer right after that. Went to a camp, got a bunch more, and you know, the bet the bet turned out to W, thank thankfully. So now I'm a division one lacrosse player. Let's go. Why don't brother and congratulations for continued success, man? That that journey, that path that you've paved for yourself and others, man, doesn't go unnoticed. But where where did your love for sports start? My love for sports, man. I've always been a competitor, you know. My father uh, he was a track and field star back in Uganda. I'm actually a first generation American. He he grew up he grew up and was born and raised in Uganda. Came over, and I think I just I just had that competitive spirit passed to me naturally. You know, my sister was in sports, I was in sports, and I always just had that fire in me that you know I hate losing. You know, it's like I can't, I can't stand it. And then you know I got introduced to things like football. I'm from Atlanta, like in, in Atlanta, like sports is everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. <laughs> And I was one of the more athletic kids, faster kids. So it just kind of came naturally. You know, I always fell in love with sports. Lacrosse in particularly, you know, you show a kid that you can hit other kids with some sticks and get away with it. I mean, shit. I was like, let me go. Let me go. <laughs> and then right after that, just fell in love with it. So that, that's kind of like uh, the interesting draw. I remember uh, I'm from Denver, Colorado, and I remember there was two things about lacrosse players that I, I recognized in high school was one, 
they shorts was always cooler than everybody else's. Like, I don't know why their gear looked better. And then, two, they had that long stick on, on, on the defense. Pause. But they had uh, that long stick on defense. <laughs> super uh, <laughs> That they would hit people with, man. And uh, as a football player, I was like, man, that looked that look dope. So, was football first before lacrosse? Or how, how, does, how did that, that transition happen? Yes, yeah, so I started in lacrosse when I was six years old. So, I mean, sports all started around that same time. You know, you can't really do much before you, you know, yeah. when you look. There was flag football. And then lacrosse is a spring sport. So a lot of the times the lacrosse coaches would come to the football kids or the, the kids in the community and say, hey, you ain't doing nothing in the spring. Come play lacrosse. I'm out here playing soccer. And I'm like, man, I like hitting people. You know what I'm saying? I want to go I want to go play lacrosse. Plus my sister was playing it. So it just it was just an easy transition. So around six years old is when I started off. And speaking of transition, man, I, uh, we, we, I know you touched on this, but – Atlanta, Georgia to to Boston. I, I've lived in both yeah. areas, and I understand uh, the difference, right? So, how was that transition for you? Nah, it, it was it was interesting. So, I grew up in that's a good uh, word for it. it. <laughs> yeah, so that's it a great word for it. So, I go from Decatur, Georgia, to Alpharetta, Georgia. So, from even from the, even that transition was yeah, big. yeah, like, mm-hmm. basically like predominantly I don't know predominantly black, but very black area, East Atlanta to a very suburban area. And that was, I went through some stuff over there. That's a whole other story, but then. <laughs> we got time. <laughs> we got time. <laughs> and then um, I would go up, I go up to Boston. And it's just like everything, just the culture up there is different. Now I'm calling people, sir, ma'am. They looking at me like, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They yeah. looking at me like, huh? You know what I'm saying? And then like little, just little things. And the food, I ain't going to lie. I miss my food. <laughs> South man, you don't see no fast food up here. You don't see none of that. No Chick Fil A. I'm like, dang, I don't even. People telling me like, I never had Chick Fil A in my life. I'm like, you never had what? Like, yeah, how? Go to Dunkin'. Go to Cream. <laughs> like, come on, they missing. They missing. I don't know about. I mean, I, I like there are be- draws benefits and you know what I'm saying pros and cons to each each spot. And I made some really good friends up here. Um, in Boston, some friends, you know, I, they're gonna be with me for the rest of my life. You know, some some of my best friends are up here in Boston, um, and then my little brothers up here as well. So just you know, having having that side of my family and being able to you know be get closer with my father as well, because I've been living with my mom for the majority of my life ever since they got divorced. So you know, being able to get that relationship with my father and you know spend high school up here was definitely dope. So I think I had a very good experience uh, up in Massachusetts for sure. That's awesome, man. So you talk track, man, and that's, you know, we've all had our stints in track here, you know, for whatever level. So what was what was the sports? What was your dad's sports um, uh, events, I should say, excuse me. And then what was your events in track? 400 meter. And I I ran indoor track in Boston. So okay. um, he actually he he ran track at Wabish College. So but he had offer he had division one offers as well. He was he was a very good track athlete. But he was more naturally gifted. Like he even says, like, yeah, I didn't work like you. Like I just like I was just fast. I didn't think I needed to work. You know what I mean? So it's like he definitely he regrets it now that if he would have put in the work, he could have went further with it. Um, but yeah, I I kind of fell in love with track as well. Um, in high school is when I started, and I um, I ran the three hundred meter because indoor track is a bit different than outdoor, and like there's a there's different events. Like four hundred meter doesn't really exist in the indoor space, at least where I'm from. 
um, in Massachusetts because indoors in the winter and lacrosse is in the spring. And I was basically running track to get faster for lacrosse and football. I was thinking, oh, you know, it's a good workout. Like, you know, let me get faster. I feel like a lot of people enter track that way. Like, hey, I want to go right. get faster another sport. Um, but then you kind of get that. All right, that's what I'm about to say. Or, or when, when your football coach, the track coach, too, so you got to go out there. Yeah, <laughs> you locked in for sure. But basically, I ran the 300 meter. I ran the uh, four by two, four by four, and the high jump at almost every meet, and I was dying at almost yeah. every because it gets it gets to a lot. But I fell in love with track too because it's just like the whole team, everybody watching you, you know, and it's. Just you ain't no coach worry about you ain't no it's it's on you to go out there and run and it's like it's definitely a whole different type of dynamic and I, I really love track as well, especially that four by four. Like you hot somebody down the four by four, that's okay. the best feeling because I was the anchor. So it was like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's when you get everybody just waiting. So yeah, track is track is dope. Yeah, you, you brought back some uh not so fond memories for me, uh <laughs> four by four. So I, I ran uh, the second leg. You know, they put the mm. they put the guy that's all right in the second leg, but you know, just just maintain what the, the you know the, the first guy did. But there was a strategy my senior year in high school. Like they started putting all the like the anchors in the second leg, and I'm like, mm -hmm. yo, I, my hamstring's about to bust. I'm running so hard, like, <laughs> but I can't I can't run with these dudes, man. So you brought back some uh, some some memories. So I'm, I, I love football, man. I think EJ and I both love football and. Kind of watching, not knowing the game of lacrosse, I was just kind of watching in prep, watching your film uh, at Mercer, and I'm like, man, he looked like a corner to me, like the way you, you know, shuffling your feet yeah. and, and staying in front of people, man. So, talk to me about a little bit about your football game and how those two things kind of relate. Yeah, definitely. So, football I played all growing up, especially in Georgia, but the thing that's another transition from Georgia to Massachusetts, man. The football difference, like no disrespect to Massachusetts. Oh, you can disrespect it. Georgia football, Georgia football, no joke. So it's like in Massachusetts, like it's just it's just a difference. There's a gap there. So I'm going to a school in Massachusetts, and it's like it's a much smaller market. I knew I couldn't really get recruited like that. So I played I played wide receiver, kick returner, and safety in football. I could always hit like you probably you saw my highlights at Mercer, like. I'd be laying dudes out like yeah, I, yeah. I hit like as a safety. Um, so I played my freshman sophomore year, but I actually took a break from football my junior year because I was like, "Hey, I want to go D one for lacrosse. Like, I need to play lacrosse year round. Like, I'm playing." In so the that's ball when the, that was the turn. Then that's when you're like, you know, was, I I want this and I'm locked in. It was really always that turn, but it was more like I need to like I need to do even more. You know, I need to I need to play in the fall to ensure that I can get these get these offers pretty much too. Um, because I was playing for a smaller club and like in lacrosse, it's all club, summer ball, fall ball, like different stuff. So I was like, you know, I just want to like lacrosse my true love. I'm not planning on playing college football anyways. Let me go focus on cross. So then, but then I moved down to Georgia. I came, I came back to Georgia my senior year. So after I committed to Mercer, um, I moved back in state to get the Hope Scholarship, which is basically when you have a high BA, you get get some money to go to college, um, just to you know take that pressure off my parents and then get one more year with my mom as well. Ended up being COVID, so it was like half a year. But, you know, but football, I wasn't even going to play football when I came down there. But, man, the coaches was on me because they was like, they was like, I know you play football, but Matthew, they see the new 6-3 Division One commit so, coming yeah. in. Like, <laughs> gonna play football? Like, like, it was already like three, four games into the season. And I was finally like, man, if they still going to let me come on, like I may as well. It's my last time playing football. But these games was like, 
thousand plus people in the crowd. They had just won state. It was Milton, Georgia. Uh, Milton is like that. Like they had just won state seven A in Georgia. Like top fifty team in the country, hands down. So they they games is on TV. You get an interview. It's all that. And I definitely had a great experience there. So I was I didn't get I didn't get crazy playing time or nothing. I mean I came in five games late into the season, but like they they brought me on as you know a player just as well. And I was grinding and I was and I even got a little bit of field time too. But you know I love football too. You know it was a really great sport. It's probably my second my second love is football. So from being in the game, man, and and I know there's some historical context of why lacrosse is so big on the East Coast versus other parts in uh, our country. Why, why do you think it's so big there? Hmm. I think I think it just became a really like niche sport, you know, and almost kind of got gatekeeped in a way mm. because lacrosse equipment and lacrosse mm. club clubs, lacrosse, anything is expensive, especially in comparison to other sports. And it's not only is it expensive, but there's not the there's not the revenue generation that other sports have to allow it to grow. Like with football, it would be super expensive, but because you're making money off of playing football, or these schools are making money, like everybody get the equipment, everybody get everything supplied, all that, like it's good. Lacrosse is like to start a program, you're gonna have to spend this amount of money and you're not really gonna get it back. So it's like you almost had to be from an affluent area in order to play. And I think up in, you know, Maryland, these prep schools, private schools are able to afford that, but a lot of other places aren't. And then it just kind of niched itself over time to those areas. But now you see it definitely growing. Like I was just at a camp and we'll probably get to this later, you know, full of African-American lacrosse players from all over the country. And we were being coached by African-American lacrosse players who made it to the professional level. So it's like, it's definitely growing. Even in Atlanta, you know, there's teams that compete can compete now with these Maryland teams. You know, even the team I was on my senior year, Milton High School, like we were, you know what I'm saying? Like I played in Massachusetts and I played in Georgia. And I'll tell you, like, my, my team in Georgia would have probably beat the team I was playing for in Massachusetts. We had a Notre Dame commit, Air Force commit, me. We had a bunch of other, you know, Division One level players. And there's a, a couple club teams down there that could really compete. So I think it's definitely growing, but that's probably the reasoning as to why it's kind of locked into a few areas. Well, it does seem like I don't want to say elitist, but it is one of those like not easy to break into sports because like I didn't I didn't know anything about uh, lacrosse until maybe college. I mean, that it came up because like the high schools in my area <laughs> wasn't really don't that wasn't. Doubt. I mean, and is it mostly private schools that have that or do you, you know, just in that area that you've seen? Well, let's just talk Georgia and um, and Boston or Massachusetts, whatever. Did you see like is it other than private institutions that had the game? Definitely. It's, it's, it depends. So in some states, lacrosse is not even a registered sport. So like in Texas, for example, there is no high school lacrosse. Like it's all club. Like they have teams at their high schools, but their club, they don't have field time. They don't have G they don't have the Texas high school administration behind them because right. that, that would make it so that the state of Texas, I think has to support the support and like the schools have to pay for it. So some States was just like, nah, you know what I'm saying? Like they're not going to add lacrosse. And so it's like, when you go to Georgia, luckily GHSA and like, it's a registered sport in Georgia. That's why it's grown so quickly in Georgia. Um, especially when you get these like freak athletes that hop into the sport, you know, it's like, you know, introducing it to them, but you know, like the public school, it depends on where you're from. So the, in Massachusetts, the better schools are the private schools because a lot of kids take year gap years and 
go to these private schools and like it's just better when you're in a private school but in georgia almost like the it's almost the reverse because the public schools in georgia are like five six thousand kids compared to like one two thousand kids in massachusetts so the public schools dominate in sports and like you know a lot of kids that are the really good schools especially in like the area i was from fulton county mm-hmm. um you can you can go to schools where kids that could easily afford private school would rather go to the public school to just get that experience because they have all everything offered so it really just depends on where you're from but i think you know public and private as long as the sport is being offered in that state you know you'll find that both public and private schools you touched a little bit on man earlier uh your sister and mm-hmm. uh, her being goalie uh I, I'm, I'm a part of a kind of a competitive household as well uh how did that work to motivate you? And, you know, what, what, talk a little bit about your sister. I know this is about you, but it's always good to give her some shine too. So like, talk about that growing up with your sister and, and that competitive juice too. Absolutely. You know, my sister was, a, you know, a deep, uh, even without realizing it, like, you know, you look up to your older sibling, she's my older sister. And like, she, she was definitely an inspiration for me. You know what I mean? Cause I, I had actually like, I had been really depressed at one time in my life. You know, I didn't really have a lot of direction. I, got sent to a military school at one point in my life and my sister and around that same point was you know being successful in lacrosse and um showing that there's an avenue to change your life using the sport that i already love so much and so i was like i didn't really know what to do and she showed me you know in a way like you do this you can achieve this and so it's just like she saved my life in a way gave me gave me definitely like a a new a new direction and kind of inspired me to you know take it even further um athletically so i really appreciate my sister for that so if uh we take you guys out the backyard right now are you scoring on your sister well absolutely she watched <laughs> <laughs> so so best out of five you 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 got her best out oh. of five Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So we're going to move along, man. So this is not we want to kind of talk about, you know, in the game, man. So we're going to take it from, you know, now, you know, you really locked in. You have that focus and you say, you know what, man, I, I have a talent. I want to be a D1. I want to get to college. Talk to us about like that recruiting. Right. Because like how you initially got to where you're um, you received that D1 um, scholarship, but you had to make a change, man. So kind of talk to us about how that recruit process process was definitely it was it was tough it was it was tough I mean when I came to Boston my freshman year I came because it was a bigger lacrosse area but what I didn't realize is a lot of the club teams up here had the same kids since they had since third grade on the class of 2020 lacrosse you know what I mean so you coming in at a major disadvantage because that's that's old dude that bought the helmets, or that's you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And that's that's the that's the dad that brings oranges, orange slices to the game. Like, what they going? Oh, some new kid from Atlanta. You know what I'm saying. He gonna be the only black player on the team. Like, there, there's stuff that like kind of goes against you. But and were you were you the only for for some time or for some of your club teams? Oh, like most of my teams. I mean, like I mean, most of my teams growing up. Uh, one one of one or one of two. Um, even in college, it was me and one other player. Um, that was an African American player this past year. But like, it's definitely a motivating factor as well because you get to show other people, you know, the younger generation, maybe a African American that is looking into lacrosse. But you get to so rep- be a representative for that person. It's almost bigger than yourself playing that sport, and also just proving 
proving what we can do. You know what I mean? Proving that, you know, just because it's just because it's lacrosse don't mean black people can't play it. And I think there's there's some stigmatization that goes for even black lacrosse players. And if you were to speak with other um, black lacrosse players that are higher up, you know, the things we got to go through, uh, we get told we we don't got the lacrosse IQ or we don't got the stick skills or things like that. And it's just like seen in that way. So trying to like prove that wrong is my one of my main motivations to get recruited. Mm-hmm. So as far as recruiting went, you know, I was recruited very late in my process. Um, I had to play for a smaller club team. Um, and I basically had to recruit myself in a way, you know, I, I learned put yourself it, out there, right? Exactly. Put myself out there. And that's one of the things, if any athlete is watching this, these coaches ain't going to find you through magic. You know what I'm saying? They, I don't care how good you is. The kid that's good and emailing them and telling them exactly where they're going to be and telling them that they're interested in their school is going to get recruited over you 10 times out of 10 because they're showing interest. They're putting themselves out there. So if you want to go get recruited, email coaches. I was able to get to Mercer um, and even through the transfer portal to Lindenwood, Lindenwood University by reaching out to coaches and being being active in my own recruitment, you know, recruit yourself. If you really care about it, you got to you got to be about it on the field, off the field, get your grades right. ACT scores make it so easy for coaches to recruit you. You know, don't make it any harder than it already is. Facts. There you go. So give us a give us a scout report on your game. And then the number 90. Why the number ninety? Is there is there some 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 backstory to that? Uh, there's really no backstory. It was just one of the numbers <laughs> the numbers available. <laughs> I'll be wearing uh I'll be wearing number two for uh, the Uganda men's national team and number twenty seven uh, at oh, Lindenwood University next year. Oh. But um, yeah. So a little bit about my game. So yeah. Um, said, <laughs> hey, he leaned back really quick. He's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> let me get it too. Let me tell you a little some some. <laughs> Love it. Let's go. They're going to make a scouting report, but nah. Uh, you know, I say one of my biggest strengths ever since I was a kid is just my clearing ability. Uh, like I said, I was a kick returner in football, and, you know, a lot of those skills translate. You know, it's clearing and lacrosse, taking the ball from the defensive end of the field to the offensive end of the field. Um, and I'm really good in the open field. You know, I'm a, I'm a faster player, um, and I'm really good. I'm really shifty in the open field. Um uh, I love pushing transition, you know, trying to score the ball and just trying to score the ball, get an assist. Um, and I'm really good on the defensive side of the field as well. You know, as a midfielder, you got to be able to play both sides of the field. Um, so in lacrosse, for those who don't know, I'll just basically explain it really quickly. So there's yeah, we a need that. Please, yeah, yeah, please, please let's, do. let's I, in our audience with that. I'm gonna I got my notepad, notepad out. Yeah. <laughs> so there's attack, defense, and, and midfield. So All right, start attack, re- give us the basics really quick. So how many people on the field? 11, including two goalies. So there's three attackmen on the offensive side of the field guarded by three defenders. That's people with the long sticks, as you was talking about earlier. <laughs> they, cannot cross, they cannot cross the 50-yard line unless a midfielder like, stays back for them. Like There has to be a certain number of people on that side of the side. Like, on that side of the, 50 and it's usually those it's going to be those people pretty much and then the midfielders are able to go both sides and there's a lot of substitutions on lacrosse because imagine you're really good at offense and you're a midfielder and all of a sudden the ball gets turned over they're running it back and now you're on defense like what you're going to do you know what i'm saying so a lot of the time and same thing with the dude really good on defense as a midfielder comes on offense like that's not there and there's someone who's really good at offense on the sideline so a lot of the times they move it to the attack who's really good at offense then they sub off and that guy will follow them off 
then two people who specialize in those positions come on. So it's like it's a lot of substitutions for, for the midfield, a lot of running, a lot of knowing both sides of the field. Um, so, yeah, and I'll kind of get back. So, I'm, um, yeah, so the defense stays on one side, the attack stays on one side, you know what I'm saying, then the midfielders kind of play both in a way. Um, but there's also specialties in the midfield position. And then, yeah, my game is just, you know, doing really whatever I – doing really whatever role I'm put in. But, you know, I've always been a midfielder since day one. I think that's just because of my athleticism and because of, like, where I fit in as a player. I really like push and transition. Um, and I like I like playing both sides of the ball. You know, I love offense. I love defense. So, it's like it, it kind of like, – I, I feel no shame in being a defensive midfielder. You know, I like hitting people. I like <laughs> ball. I like clearing it. But at the same time, I like scoring. I like getting assists. So, it's like – Oh, we lost you there. A little light on it. Um, so, so I think maybe. One, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, open my AirPod. <laughs> so I think midfield is the perfect position for me. That way, I can kind of do both. Got you. Now, one thing that um, so Paul, I think, is Reb from. Uh, he's the president of the PLL, which is um, the Professional Lacrosse League. He said something interesting about like that lacrosse pairs like all of the sports right so even hearing you kind of describe some of that i was thinking about soccer right like you know you have a person that can go you know football full, full, uh, yep. size of the field goalie but then it talks about like football where you can hit and have that contact aggression uh talked about the hand-eye coordination whether it's tennis or just it just like combines like so many sports man so i could and, and he talks about that's how he kind of like falls in love with it and even talks about which you kind of alluded to, right? Being in that open court, right? Like even basketball where you you may be a little shifty and, you know, have somebody uh, roll an ankle or something out there. So it, it's interesting to see that sport. And, and the other thing that threw me off, like uh, M.A. said, during our research, that this is the North America's oldest sport. Yeah. Like it's crazy that this is like before any other of our, you know, top four, we'll call it. This is like the oldest sport in North America to where like Indians were playing this like back in the days. And we're talking like 1663 or something like that. So mm -hmm. it's just interesting that this has been around so long, um, how it combines all of these, you know, traditional sports that only have certain segments. And, um, you know, I I'm glad to see that it's kind of growing in popularity, man. And, and I'm glad we have people like you that's blazing the trail. Yeah, I mean, and the, and the greatest athlete that I know of, Jim Brown, was like it's like a Hall of Fame lacrosse yeah. player. Like nice. he's <laughs> might be the best ever from what I what I've I've, I've read and research. I ain't never I ain't that old. I ain't never seen it, but <laughs> I, I've I've, <laughs> I've heard of his greatness. Let me ask you this because and this is a novice question. Tell me if it's out of pocket or whatever the case is. But uh, you know, I'm I always like to kind of think of the relationships between player and coach in different sports. You know, like in football, like, you you know, like your, your second, your DB coach might honestly be your head coach, right? The head coach just come in and say, good job, guys. And most of the time you talk to your DB coach. And basketball is like the head coach is kind of in control more of it because it's open flow. What's the player-coach relationship in lacrosse? I think it depends high school level, middle school level, club level versus college, you know what I'm saying? Okay. But, like, I'll just speak at the college level. Like, I think it's a very tight-knit group when it comes to lacrosse because it's like with football – it's so big, and y'all have so yeah. many, especially at the college level, where you're right. like, DB coach may as well be your head coach, and you're gonna have to go through him to get to your head coach usually because there's a hundred, hundred people plus on the team. You can't just go walk into the office, but right. we're like 45 people to 60, you know what I'm saying? And like these coaches recruited you, like 
it's a very good relationship. You know, I, I already, you know, I haven't even stepped foot at Lindenwood University. I call I call the coach that, that's recruited me there almost every day. And we already nice. chop it up and already have built that relationship. So it's like, I think the head coach player relationship is very important um, in lacrosse. And also, you know, knowing the coordinators as well. And um, like as a, as a midfielder, usually there's like an offensive defensive coordinator. So it really just depends on which side of the ball you are as a midfielder. Um, but I think, you know, you can make that same relationship. Like you can, you can talk to your head coach definitely in lacrosse and like have that same relationship. Love it. You excited about I, the, 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 the transfer on my bad EJ. Well, you good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why, why Lindenwood? <sighs> a couple of reasons. So for one, for one, I just needed needed to be somewhere where I knew I could reach my full potential as a player. You know, right now I'm representing my country, the Uganda men's national team, not only at the U21 World Games uh, this summer in Ireland, hopefully, uh, but also at the men's level next year in San Diego. And so I just didn't feel that I was at the in the right place, um, and that's why I entered the transfer portal. And you know, I was looking at a lot of other schools, but I didn't want to go from a, a bad situation to a bad situation. You know what I mean? I kind of learned my lesson in a way. And okay. I, I realized, like, I was talking about a lot of the hardships I went through before. I had never – I hadn't had a coach that truly believed in me in years. Like, And, like, no disrespect to any previous coaches I've had, but – it's just like I, I truly got that connection with Linda when I got that trust and that that belief that, hey, this is what we're going to do. This I'm going to shoot it straight. And that kind of opened my eyes because at first I wasn't even like I was looking at bigger schools. I was looking at other schools like that. And then I realized, like, man, that's not what I you know, what I'm saying like I've never been the the bigger school dude. I still made it this. You know, what I'm saying like, let me go build something. Let me go be a leader somewhere. You know, wow. what I'm saying. And like be able to, you know, step into a situation like, man, we at we at the division one level, just like anyone else, like who who I ain't gonna, you know what I'm saying, put place place us against anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't gonna say no other team can beat beat me and my boys, you know what I'm saying? Especially like in lacrosse, where it's like a very competitive sport from even from like D two schools can beat D one schools in this sport. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of there's a lot of competition. Um, so I was just thinking, like, man, you put me in their system. You allow me to join these other transfers that are coming in, join this group of brotherhood that's already has a winning culture behind it. And that's mm -hmm. one of the emphasis, too, is, like, I want to be in somewhere with a winning culture, you know, the right type of leadership, the right type of culture. And I just got that, you know what I'm saying? Everything that I was being told, everything that I was seeing on my visit, the people I've already met in that organization, you know, I just got all of my boxes checked. And then, you know, I was – getting some scholarship money as well to be able to, you know, take that burden off my parents. Right. And I, you know what? I'm going, you know what I'm saying? Let's do this. Exactly. I was like, let's, let's do this. And then, you know, I, I, I really like that decision I made. You know, I'm very confident and I'm really excited, you know, to step on campus next year. Now, during that process, even early on or just during this process where you enter the portal, were there any HBCUs that you looked at? And then what's the quality of HBCUs lacrosse, right? Because I like – I saw – you know, I was just looking. I saw Hampton. I was attempted to get pictures because a, a show, a locker room show, MH and I did talked about like baseball and like where that's going. 
and how like some of these HBCU campuses, the baseball team is all white. So did you look at any HBCUs and and do, do you know anything about like lacrosse being played at any of the you know major uh, institutions? Yeah, that's the thing. There's actually only one HBCU um, that's at the Division One level. That's Hampton University. Hampton. And that was the one I looked at. Okay. <laughs> Bunch of the boy there coaches. And I had spoken to them in high school um, when I was getting recruited. I I didn't really get the chance really to, to look into it that hard. I kind of committed to Lindenwood. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I would have – I don't know. I didn't really look into it enough to really speak on it. You know what I'm saying? But Absolutely. Hampton definitely an up-and-coming program. And – I, I don't know if it, I would have fit in or got everything I needed exactly from that institution, but mm-hmm. I definitely think HBCUs like should definitely implement lacrosse in, in into them. And I think there's a lot of things going on right now. Um, you know, Morgan State and a lot of these other teams are starting to play lacrosse as well and grow the game at HBCUs. So I think we'll see a lot more and a lot more funding, a lot more attention to HBCU lacrosse uh, in the next upcoming years. And hopefully kids like me, you know, or bigger recruits can start attending, you know, some HBCU schools, just similar like we're seeing in football um, and some other sports. Absolutely. Can I get my old head question in, bro? Can I, can I get can I get an old Dude. head question in? Dude. Man, this transfer portal is, like, crazy to me <laughs> outside looking in, bro. So what was kind of like your – it, when you inside this portal, give me, give me, give me your mental thoughts. We always hear about, hey, I'm in the transfer portal. Tra- yeah, either they disappear or they just appear somewhere else. So, like, give me the process yeah. and your, your mental when you were in there. Nah, it's it's stressful, man. It's like getting recruited all over again. You basically a college dropout until you find us. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's crazy. <laughs> like, cause what you gonna do? Enter the portal? Ah, my bad. I ain't getting no offers. I'm coming back. Like, it's like you know what I'm saying? Like, like, right, oh, right, yeah. I'm just kidding. Like, nah, it's not bullshit. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it really offers opportunity for athletes to get out of toxic situations and make decisions for their lives that are not determined by a coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, or like by like or like, a situation, like, like, by, like just uh, yeah. Because like, sometimes you're just in a bad it, situation, exactly. right? Sometimes it's just like maybe you you want to get closer to home or something happened. You can't afford that. You know what I'm saying? There's so many other situations that, like, I think we're being overlooked, too. People just say, oh, they're going – like, this big football player going to transfer to here and get, you know what I'm saying, get this NIL deal or this, this. And I'm like, but there's so many other things. Like, not everybody play football and basketball. You know what I'm saying? There's so many other reasons. And, like, people transfer schools. It's school. There's academics. There's uh, – there's – um academics like your major like if you switch to a different major they don't offer that at your school before the transfer portal was a thing i can't transfer because then i can't play uh, now, i know i'm gonna <laughs> you know what i'm saying i'm gonna be a yeah, we, 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 we know about that you said we, we. <laughs> Make no sense, so i definitely think like it's helped a lot of athletes more than it's you know hurt mm-hmm. um but uh, me personally you know my experience is pretty interesting you know i like it was, it was pretty interesting, you know, it was just getting recruited all over again, you know, visiting schools and, you know, I've been extremely busy with a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad I ended up somewhere, you know, where I, where I can look forward to. And that you have that, like, I can see the excitement when you were talking about it, man, yeah. you feel that this is the fit. You feel that they're going to bring the most out of you. Like, so that that's definitely good to see that, man. Mm-hmm. So one thing you kind of mentioned, and, and, you know, we definitely want to focus on this is that, and you are an owner, part owner and the head of marketing, Mm-hmm. while you're in school you yep. know, of vantage sports 
So and talk about that because it's really related to one of those uh, acronyms you use, NIL, man. So tell us a little bit about that role and, and how you got started with it. Definitely. So I'll just go back from the beginning. You know, at first I was I was just a social media influencer making lacrosse uh, videos, you know, how to get recruited, so on some moves, things like that of that nature. And Vantage Sports, this is before even NIL was a thing, but it was on it was on its way. You know, it was on its way. And, and um, you know, I'm a marketing major myself. So the platform TikTok, which I was on, I seen it kind of for what it was, which is a marketing tool. Like you can get numbers unheard of numbers on TikTok and people don't even realize. And I was just seeing like, dang, there's really an avenue here to market myself, especially in social media marketing in general, which is kind of the way I saw the world going. So I, I wanted to hop into it. And Amanda Sports reached out to me originally just as a creator, you know, just a content creator, throw up some videos, this, this, and that. And what Bandit Sports is, is a platform where any college athlete can make money by giving back to their community in such that they're basically giving coaching and recruiting advice to youth and high school athletes, either in their area or away. So you can give like a Zoom session with an athlete that's 30 minutes teaching them, hey, this is how you write an email to a coach. Like, if you go to this camp, like, here's the camps you should go to when you go to this camp. Like, make that sure you- makes sense. So when I went to the website and I'm seeing all these players and it says they're training, like, they, you know, kind of like their markers. That's showing how many trainings that they're doing, and then you can got you. Okay. Exactly. So it's like it gives an opportunity to make money through NIL by actually, you know, putting in putting in work in a way. You know, you becoming a college like you coaching youth and high school kids. You know, it's NIL kind of different differently than the one off marketing deals or put some in your bio. You know, you can set your own prices, set your own times. You know give kids lessons in your area a lot of college athletes before are already kind of coaching a couple kids in their their area so this gives a platform that ensures the college athletes that gives makes it simple makes it easy now with my marketing you know college athletes will sign up and say yo if i signed up and i'll make them a quick edit they could throw it up i throw it up on the TikTok, and we uh i was able to grow their account from two thousand followers to almost two hundred seventy thousand followers now it's advantage sports um, and we actually, while I was doing that, I built a network with a lot of other, um, college athlete creators. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to have representation, representation from a, like a male and female athlete from almost every major sport. Cause this is for any athlete, you know, D1, D2, D3, you can, you can be on banded sports, giving back to youth and high school kids that want to learn what it's like to play in college, want to learn what it takes, train with you. You know what I'm saying? So I think it was a really great a really great way to kind of help kids get recruited. Something that I wish I had in high school. You know, so no charge. So no charge for these athletes to, no, to spend none on the platform. None at all. And even the money they set, like if I set my camp for fifty dollars, I'm getting paid fifty dollars. Like it's no no skimming off the top. None of that. So it's like you set your own prices, set your own times. It's completely about getting athletes, college athletes, that value, and also getting these high school and youth athletes value that they might not have been able to receive directly from college athletes from at the level that they want to reach like there's a lot of recruiting websites out there that kind of robbing kids in a way you know what i'm saying like if i'm a division or if i want to play division one lacrosse like why am i paying 800 900 to learn from like a former you know d3 swimmer who's now a recruiting expert on x and x website you know what i'm saying and they're gonna teach me uh you know what i mean like but now it's like hey I want to play D1 lacrosse at Lindenwood University. I'm going to go talk to Yosef Ngoe on how he got there. And he's going to say, hey, just do this, do this, do this. And if you want to come train, see what it's like. Like, yo, 
you got to work on this, bro. Like, let's hit this move. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then it's like, you know, that's a much more genuine connection. And that gets money in the hands of the college athletes and keeps money in the hands of those youth and high school athletes. Because a lot of our athletes are only charging, like, the average cost is like $50 per session compared to $800, $900 you'd be paying on other recruiting websites who don't even offer training. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's definitely something, I think if you're a parent out there who wants to help your kid reach the next level, go ahead and get them an account on Bandit Sports, completely free to sign up. You can pick from, we have over 400 college athletes on our website. You can pick from any one of them. I'm sorry, I'm marketing a little bit on this podcast. <laughs> That's pick what you're supposed to do. Let's go. Ish. Any one of them, you know what I'm saying? Any sport. So it's like, and you can build that connection, build that network. You know, you might have a senior in high school training with a kid he might be teammates with next year if everything works out. You know what I'm saying? So it's definitely, I think, a better option and also just something good in in the NIL space, which I think, like, there's been too much negativity around NIL. You know, there's a lot of opportunity here. It's given me the opportunity, a job opportunity to step up in a leadership role at a company and be a part owner and the head of marketing at 20 years old, which is something, you know, wouldn't have been possible without name it. Let's go. Absolutely. Hey, MH, uh, you want to jump into those quick hits? Yeah, man. Shout out, man. Congratulations on that, man. Yes, um, sir. So these are just kind of more get to know you questions from our mm-hmm. listeners, man. Just a little kind of first thing that comes to mind. So uh, who's your hero? My hero. Ooh, that's a tough one. I, I have to say my father, you know, coming from Uganda, Uganda and making as far as, you know, again, he has a Ph.D., he was able to raise his family, you know, like bringing me out here, offering these opportunities, you know, it really humbles you and knows like you going through stuff. You ain't going through, you know what I'm saying? Like this man came from Africa, like, and even, even my grandfather being able to, to get him out on um, even political asylum, you know, in Uganda, there's, there's been a lot of, you know, you, you know just do your research. You know, there, there's been a lot of things that have happened over in that country. Um, so I feel truly blessed, you know, being the situation I am that a lot of my family members back in Uganda um, didn't did, aren't in that situation would, would do anything to be in America. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I definitely feel that responsibility that I have to come up and I have to make make it, you know, offer opportunities to, you know, not only future members of my family that are already here, but also the members of my family that are still back there. Let's go. I love it, man. Uh, you a movie guy? Yeah. Give me your top five movies. Top five. All right, I got to go. I'm going to go with the series. I don't want to pick none, one, one or the other, but I'm going to say Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and Harry Potter for sure. Got to be in your – you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's <laughs> me. And then uh, I'm going to say – You got two more. Yeah. I'll, oh, iRobot with Will Smith for Come so – Hitch for Will Smith. I'm a Will Smith. Will Smith, my dog, man. Will Smith, my dog. So Hitch and iRobot. Those are those are the other two. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we're gonna have to talk about that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, if money was no object, what would you do all day? Money was no object. What would I do all day? Play play lacrosse, man. You know what I'm saying? I I, I love the game so much. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what I'm about. You know. What's your what's what, well? Let's talk about some shoe game here. What what what's what's your 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 go to man? Here, give me your top three shoes. Well, I actually wear a size sixteen, so I'm Ooh, what the yeah. I'm so limited in my shoes, like like oh man, can't find no but 
So I might have to go Air Forces because they run big. So I get <laughs> <laughs> So you cut your toenails and squeeze it in 15? You know I, mean? I can squeeze it up. So then I'm going to have to go Fours. I mess with Fours. I got some UNC Fours. I rock with. So, yeah, Air Forces and Fours definitely definitely the move. I need to up my shoe game, though. I need to up it. Need to get you need to get my bread up and then and then go shopping. For stuff. <laughs> That's what's up. Give me your favorite holiday. Favorite holiday. Oh, it's a tough one, man. I'm gonna have to go with Thanksgiving. I feel like you're around a lot of your family on Thanksgiving, you know, and the food is always slapping. I mean, come on, nice. especially so after living in Boston for a while, you need that food, boy. Exactly. <laughs> Eat it necessary, necessary for sure, and it's definitely you know, yeah, I, I'm gonna have to go with Thanksgiving, okay. And then give me two people, um, that you would like uh, athletes because you're an athlete. Give me two people that you would like to just have lunch with, man, spend a day with. I'm gonna have to go with Usain Bolt, number one, and then I'm gonna have to go. With LeBron James, number two. I think his business mind, his work ethic, like how far he's been able to make it, not just in sports, but out of sports as well. Just I feel like that that conversation would be amazing. And Usain Bolt, like his greatness, man. That I've seen his documentary, that work, that work. You know, I just want to, I definitely love to, you know, have lunch with them for sure. That's what's up, man. Hey, so Will Smith running up on stage on you. What we doing, man? You you giving him a hug? You like... <laughs> You moving? What, what, what we got? What, what we doing? How he running out, though? How he running? He finna slide. He ran up just like <laughs> he ran up just like he ran up on Chris. <laughs> the war show what, <laughs> ran up like King Richard. <laughs> I'm, ducking. I'm ducking that. I'm ducking that. So, so, yeah, I don't know if I hit him back. I'm going to say, hey, chill out now. Because I mess with you. Just because I mess with you, I ain't going to do you like that on stage. Don't do that, though. But nah, nah. We'll switch my dog. We'll switch my dog for show. Yes, sir. All good, EJ. All right, man. So uh, now what we want to do is jump into the winner's circle, man. So this is just definitely just a platform. You know, you're doing a lot of great things, man. But I think just, you know, kind of as building this relationship is one of the things, you know, you want to talk to about, uh, talk about. And I think, you know, share about your side of it, too. But you really want to put the focus, man. So you have the honor, like you said, to play for your uh, Uganda men's team. But you kind of reached out to us and you just kind of letting us know what's going on with the Uganda women's team. So I'm going to shut the hell up, man, and give you this platform and, like, get it out there, man. Talk to us about what's going on and then just, you know, how we could help. Yeah, so the Uganda women's team was actually denied visas into the United States. where They weren't able to compete um, at the world championships, this past world championships. So I just want to, you know, spread some awareness there and, um, you know, you know, keep them in your prayers because it's it's it was years in the making, you know, so I feel really terribly for them. And what's what's even worse on like what's what's even worse on top of that is that my team, the, the U21 men's national team, we also are at risk of not being able to compete in Ireland strictly because we don't have enough money to get flights for a few of our players. And it's it's like it's crazy. That shouldn't be an issue, you know, in the lacrosse world. And we were talking about equipment and expenses. You can imagine for an American player, and I'm only one of two American players on the U21's national team. Everyone else, we have to raise the money for them to afford the equipment, get the equipment to them, and get them the proper training. They're coming out to practice in socks and, and with a smile on their face because they love the game that much. And we're the first, you know, we're the first African 
country to actually have a lacrosse team. So having two teams not represented at the world stage would be terrible in one year. So, you know, if if anyone out there is listening that has the funds that feels motivated to give back or grow a game um, in the African American African community, you know, please go to link in my bio on my Instagram. It's Yosef, Y-O-S-E-F-N-G-O-W-E. Go ahead and follow me there. Um, and you'll be able to get the donation link. It's a 501c3. You can write it off on taxes and everything. You know what I'm saying? If you can give a player sponsorship, any amount ma- any amount matters. Um, and if you t- if you text Uganda to 801-801, you can give a $5 donation right now. So that's Uganda to 801-801. And that also goes through the 501c3 Origins Leadership. And I really appreciate that because, you know, I don't want I don't want money to be the reason why we can't compete in Ireland. You know, I don't want a flight. I don't want lacrosse equipment. You know, so it, if if anyone can do that, it'd be much appreciated. And definitely shout out to everyone who's already donated already. You know, I've, I've spoken on this on some of my social media platforms before. So you know, I really appreciate everyone who's donated already. And if we get the chance to compete, best believe we coming. You know, what I'm saying these boys been working. I've been working. You know, I'm really excited to represent my country. Yeah, talk about that, man. Representing your country, man. That is uh it's like mind-blowing thing to kind of even think about to represent something that's definitely outside of yourself. What's your thoughts on that and how does that make you feel? I think it's I think for one, how what are the odds that Uganda out of all countries ends up being the one country with a lacrosse team when I'm a lacrosse player? Like that's when when I heard like back in 2014, Uganda is gonna be the first team national team to in in africa to have a team and that i'd be able to play for them was just you know one of the most amazing like i feel truly lucky that i'd be able to represent my country in any sport but definitely the sport i love you know lacrosse and it's just amazing and i think you know it's an opportunity to to kind of humble yourself and know that you represent it more than yourself you know you represent in uganda at the world stage, you represent your country. I can I probably any athlete representing their country kind of can relate to that. Is it's a whole different type of motivation, a whole different type of feeling. And knowing that, you know, you'll be able to grow a sport, especially as niche as ours, and show that, hey, even Africans, you know, not even Africans, Africans can play this sport. You know what I'm saying? So it's like like we going out there and we getting better and then just knowing that it's bigger than yourself and you know, I'm really excited to go out, go out and compete and so that we can, you know, compete with other countries and grow the game to the point where maybe it's being played at the Olympic level, you know, in a, in, in years down the way, you know, being Olympian would be a, a whole, a whole nother experience, you know? So like, I hope, you know, if lacrosse ever reaches that stage, which is, it's leaning towards, you know, I think 2028, there might be a version of lacrosse in there. So I want to make sure Uganda is represented at the Olympic level as well. So, like that that's really one of my goals now is that um a, a i guess a common concern of for these national teams to be uh monetarily to not be compete or is that just kind of like a real one-off you don't see a lot of teams have that issue i would say it's one off but it's a couple off you know and it's 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 different so it's um it's basically a lot of the national teams, there's there's fees, or, like the players are able to afford to pay for their own expenses and they have their own equipment. A lot of them are American players or European players that already have playing, been playing the game. They played in college. They have their equipment. They have everything and they can afford to buy like a, a helmet and some decals and like a flight. 
Um, but for the countries that cannot, it, that's definitely an issue because it's really hard, you know, reaching out to like a lot of lacrosse communities, especially after COVID happened. Or, I mean, a lot of lacrosse companies, especially after COVID happened, because they're like, we give you helmets, but how are we going to make our money back? You know, and it's like things like that. It's like, dang, like we only need some helmets. You know what I'm saying? Like, cleats, right. like, like some sticks, something, but it's almost like it's it's just tough. Like not even just like not even just money, like getting equipment, anything like that, and shipping it. Like to ship something to Africa is extremely expensive. So, and then who's gonna bring? Am I gonna bring five hundred? You know, things over like when I go. Like so, it's like it's really hard. I think in that position in the smaller sport. I think you know with bigger sports, like there's there's a difference because maybe the government's backing it or thing things of that nature. In lacrosse. We kind of don't have that. Um, we kind of don't have that luxury, at least right now, to be supported. Mm-hmm. So it's like a lot of fundraising goes into it. So um, to grow the game, right? You just kind of came back for a conference, or not a conference, but um, an event. Tell us a little bit about um, the event you just came from. Yes, sir. So it was the Nation United Boost Camp. So Nation United is a club team that kind of recruits nationally um, all the best players of color. And they bring them, they bring them, they show up at certain tournaments and they compete, you know what I'm saying? They, so it's like, it's a really unique opportunity. You know, I was talking about, I was the only black player on one, on my team throughout my whole, like, you know what I'm saying, career. I wasn't able to play for Nation United in high school, but they invited, the boost camp is basically inviting all the best collegiate players of color to one area to compete and get trained by the professional players of color um, that, that are in that space in the PLL. And giving back, giving back to that next generation. <clears throat> so that can, awesome. I don't invite only, and we it's like three days of hard hard work. I just got back from. I'm still, I'm still banged up and bruised a little bit, but you know it's it's hard work, but it's also building that network and building that connection. One of the unique opportunities in lacrosse is that the professionals are almost at an arm's length. You know, it's like it's not like I'm a football player. How am I gonna meet Tom Brady? It's like I got, I got. I got the all-star phone number. I got, you know what I'm saying? It's like in the black lacrosse community. And I think the black community in general really likes to support each other and come together. So, you know, lacrosse is no different. You know, we, I know, I basically know a whole network of African-American lacrosse players just like me. And it's because Mm -hmm. of organizations such as Nation United that have made that possible. That's fantastic. Well, hey, man, uh, in effort to wrap it up, man, this is where we call the assist, man. This is where you get to drop kind of like, you know, words of wisdom, a coaching gym, or just a, a quote or something you would tell your younger self. So give us a quick or a short quote or just a coaching gym, man, that you would want to either tell your younger self or tell the, tell, tell our listeners. I think definitely to to bet on yourself and reach reach for, you know, reach for the skies. You know, don't set limits. Don't set limits. Don't listen to what nobody tells you either. You know what I'm saying? If if you're going to listen to it, use it as motivation. You know, when people tell you no, go prove them why. Go prove them why. Why yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, go, out there, go out there and do anything that you put your mind to because it's only up to you. And you only live in this world for so long. So, you know, make the most out of it. Love it. Love it. MH, final thoughts? Yes, sir, man. Right back at you, man. Make the most of it, man. Enjoy your time where you're at as a as an athlete, a young athlete, and keep doing it, man. We we support you, man. So we rooting for you, bro. Appreciate yes, you. I appreciate y'all. Absolutely, man. And like, um, we're definitely black and sports is definitely gonna make a donation, man. And you know, for definitely sure. gonna share this out to people. 
you know, and then, you know, I'm just, I got that scrolling, but we'll put that in our show notes, man. Cause $5 adds up, man. So everybody drop a five, you know, do yeah, that, that text to, to that. Was it eight one? Uh, was it eight zero one eight zero one? Right. Hope I put that right in the stream. Zero one eight zero one. So, Hey man, just uh, like I said, I want to thank you again for jumping on, man, all the work that you're doing. We're looking forward to continue to follow you to see the success. You know, now we got somebody that we're rooting for, for the Uganda team. So we're going to just be, uh, Seeing you do all the accomplishments, man, and, and what you're doing for the students and, and just that NIL game, man. So, uh, once again, man, thank you, Seth, for coming up. Uh, we want to also thank you, our listeners, uh, for checking us out. You know, we drop a new episode every Thursday. And then please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel because visual representation matters. So subscribe, and you can listen to our podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. So please stay safe, practice gratitude, and know we're rooting for you. Screaming, all us blacks got a sports and entertainment until we even. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. 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 Shoot me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Spat bouts, racks, on handmade new rags. Shoot me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. That's everybody from sports to college class to rap and rap.